electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Bring in show music, please. Hi, I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on Squawk Pod, we're bringing you some of the highlights from this year's Berkshire Hathaway annual shareholder meeting. But we feel good. We feel good. The Oracle of Omaha, Warren Buffett, and his partner, Charlie Munger, on inflation, the Berkshire Holdings, and Robin Hood. Short-term gambling and big commissions and hidden kickbacks and so on and so on. It was disgusting. Yeah, they got mad at you. And some of the biggest news from the weekend, a candid interview with comedian, actor, and Berkshire shareholder Bill Murray. That's a really sad puppy. I can't learn anymore. I don't want to be that sad dog, and I, I, I have no intention of it. His first interview since complaints of inappropriate behavior shut down his latest film. About 190 years and tens of thousands of loyal acolytes between them, Munger and Buffett are as active as ever. Do they sleep? What is the secret? Bacon? Scotch? I think they are fueled by peanut brittle and cherry coke. It's Monday, May 2nd, 2022. Squawk Pod from Omaha begins right now. Good morning, everybody, and uh, welcome to CNBC's live stream of the Berkshire Hathaway 2022 annual meeting. I'm Becky Quick, along with Mike Santoli, and we are back in... Saturday, April 30th, starting at 9.45 in the morning. But since we haven't stopped moving here in Omaha for the last few days, I'm not sure what time I thought it was. We at CNBC live streamed one of the biggest investing events of the year, the Berkshire Hathaway annual shareholders meeting. Back in person here in Omaha, Nebraska, for this meeting for the first time since before the pandemic, we are just about 30 Shareholders have not gotten together in person since 2019, before the COVID-19 pandemic. And Chairman and CEO Warren Buffett had not spoken publicly on the markets or on his investments since his virtual comments at last spring's meeting. Attendees were eager to hear from him and glad to be back. Good morning, sir. Again. Welcome back. Welcome yeah. back. Yeah. And you know, so was he. I got a license to chill. And I will. It was a day that covered a lot of ground. Inflation, Apple, crypto, Bill Murray, desserts. But clouding the fun was a bleak month for the markets. Becky Quick helped us, still from Omaha, recap the weekend. Here she is with Joe Kernan and Andrew Ross Sorkin this morning. Market activity definitely leading to the tension that was here as tens of thousands gathered in Omaha this weekend to listen to Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger speak. And by the way, this is the first time we've heard from Buffett about anything on the market since last year's annual meeting. But before he even took the stage, we did learn a little bit more about what the company's been up to when it comes to the markets from Berkshire's earnings report. Berkshire had $106 billion in cash on hand at the end of the quarter. That was down pretty significantly from $144 billion at the end of 2021. So about $38 billion there. You know he was up to something. We learned that he bought shares, a lot more shares of Exxon, of Chevron, I should say, adding to that existing stake that they had at the end of the quarter. It took Berkshire's total holdings of the energy giant to $26 billion, and that was up from $4.5 billion at the end of the year. So an incredible increase in, in shares of Chevron. Um, he also slipped some news in about how Berkshire increased its stake in Apple during the first quarter without giving much detail. He kind of just mentioned in passing that Berkshire did buy a little more Apple over the course of the quarter. 
I ran into Buffett yesterday after the meeting, and he told me that when Apple shares fell for about three days in a row earlier in the quarter, in the first quarter, he bought about $600 million of that stock, and that will be revealed when Berkshire makes its 13F filing for the quarter public. He also told me, though, unfortunately, the stock went back up, so I stopped. Otherwise, who knows how much we would have bought. Apple, of course, is Berkshire's largest stock holding, and, and now Chevron joins the top four, too, top four holding. It's rounded out by Bank of America and American Express, and all of this coming after Buffett said in his annual letter that there was little that was interesting to him back in 2021. Well, that changed, and it changed quickly. We spent $40 billion in a hurry there between three weeks, and, and uh, now we're back somewhat in our more lethargic uh, mood. But that, anything could change at Berkshire. But the one thing that won't change, going back to Q2, if you'll, uh, is we will always have a lot of cash on hand. Buffett also revealed more about Berkshire's Activision stake and hinted that some news could come as soon as this week. Also, the other big story from here was longtime Berkshire shareholder and first-time annual meeting attendee Bill Murray. He's been a longtime Berkshire shareholder. I don't think anybody really knew that. He hadn't been public about it, but he's gotten to be uh, friends with Warren Buffett over the last several years. He was sitting, listening uh, to, to Munger and, and to Buffett as they were taking these questions and answers. And I, I, don't, I don't know who saw the live stream that we were running of the question and answer period period on, on CNBC.com. But there was a lot of reflective, reflective commentary from Buffett and from Munger just about how you, you improve as life goes on and you try and be a better and better person. And, and Bill said he was thinking about all of that before he came out to talk with us about what had happened. He said he's been reflecting on this for the week and a half or whatever since it, it had happened that he'd been thinking about nothing else. The gambling Robin Hood type comments that that got a lot of play in the in the mainstream media, obviously. That, the Bitcoin comments Bitcoin. went by to 25 bucks. But I think I saw more Bill, <laughs> the Bill Murray. So it's like what that just not what you think about from the Berkshire annual meeting that because he hadn't I don't think he had he had really uh, addressed it prior to that. And, and you know, yeah. it was in this environment. Uh, after the last three, four, five years, not only the Me Too movement, but also the cancel culture movement, you don't, we're trying to gauge exactly where we are, what is appropriate. We, I, we could not, you could pick a Seinfeld episode and I'd say that 80% we couldn't talk about on, on the show right now. So it's a, I, I don't know. And Bill acknowledged that. He said things that were funny when I was a kid yeah, maybe aren't funny it, to yeah. everybody now. Right. And that he, he wants to be Pulling Not ponytails. That, that puppy who doesn't learn new tricks. Yeah. You know, he thought it was funny. Um, I don't know. It, 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 like we, we talked last week when we talked about it, what we know about him, the person that, uh, well, I don't know. We don't know, know exactly. No one's really accusing him of anything that seems that egregious either. Uh, so I, I didn't. No, I mean, I've, gone, I've gone over some of the past. Richard Dreyfus, remember? I, whoever I, was offended. Yeah. All the all the, the anecdotes they talked about, he got in probably right about Richard Dreyfus. I told you he's right about Chevy Chase. So things things happen, and he's not a, a shrinking violet. He's going to tell you what he thinks of you. No. you yeah. So look, I I will tell you like the first time Bill Murray met my mom. I, I haven't really ever talked about this before, but we've known him for several years. And the first time Bill Murray met my mom, we were at a Pebble Beach. Um, We'd gone out to dinner with them, my husband and my daughter. Uh, my husband and my son, my mom stayed home with my daughter. She'd never met Bill Murray. So I brought her, I brought him back. It was late, it was like 10.30 or something. I said, hey, would you just come in and say hi to my mom at the hotel room when he walked us back? 
He said, sure. So he came in. My mom was getting in bed in her pajamas. And, <laughs> you know, he's a funny guy. He's a physical comedian. He jumped yeah. into bed with her in her pajamas. Yeah. Right. You've seen him. <laughs> and uh, it, it was funny. I took a video of it. She was laughing hysterically. She was furious at me because she was about yeah. to put her CPAP mask on. But um, Oh, my God. Yeah. You know, that- um, you've seen maybe him, you've not seen everybody would think a, something like that was funny. You've seen him take out like a grandmotherly type woman into the into a bunker and start doing pirouetting and you know doing the waltz and but he he does, he's a very physical comedian and, and funny. Coming up on Squawk Pod, Bill Murray, what the comic is still learning about his own humor, the human condition, and how all dogs can learn new tricks. I feel like I've learned more in the last year or two than I may have learned in maybe a a whole decade of my life before. Just more awareness, it just compounds the interest, as these kids say. He speaks out on his film's controversial production pause for the first time with Becky Quick and Mike Santoli. That's after this. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Welcome back to more Squawk Pod. Hello, Omaha. The capitalist Woodstock is first and foremost a celebration of the conglomerate Berkshire Hathaway, the investing philosophy that Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger built together, and of course, it's a celebration of all the quirks that make this dynamic duo the dynamic duo in investing. And celebrating those quirks, cherry coke and all, make for a buzzy atmosphere at the annual meeting in Omaha. It's the perfect place for one surprise shareholder, actor and comedian Bill Murray. It's hard to hear in here. Oh yeah, it's hard to hear. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll right. try and yell a little. There's a lot of people who are on the floor here, so it gets pretty loud. CNBC.com streamed all six hours of the meeting, plus a few original digital presentations on Saturday. And in our halftime show, Bill Murray, typically a funny guy, it's his job, after all, struck a more serious tone. He reflected on complaints about inappropriate behavior on set that prompted a production suspension on his latest film, Being Mortal. In his first comments since the studio Searchlight Pictures paused work on the film two weeks ago, Murray told our Becky Quick and Michael Santoli the complaint was about his behavior. We'd like to play this candid interview in full for you now. Bill, I've known you for a long time. You've known Warren for a long time. This is the first time you're actually coming to the meeting right. this time around. And uh, those are, people at home didn't get to see the movie. You were in you were in the movie. You guys did a skit at the end of the movie that I guess you filmed a couple of weeks here. Um, I want to get into all of your thoughts on the meeting today, why you're here. 
but before we do, I'd just like to jump in. You've been in the headlines recently because of a movie you've been working on, Being Mortal. Production was shut down, and this is the first time you're talking. I just wonder what happened. Well, um, there's a difference. Of, we had a difference of opinion. I had a difference of opinion with a woman I'm working with. Um, I did something I thought was funny, and it wasn't taken that way. Uh, um, the company, the movie studio, wanted to do the right thing, so they wanted to check it all out, investigate it, and, and so they stopped the production. But um, as of now, we're talking, and we're trying to make peace with each other. I think that's where the real issue is, is between our peace. Um, we're both professionals. We like each other's work. I, we like each other, I think. And um, if we can't really get along and trust each other, there's no point in going further working together or, or, or making a movie as well. Uh, it's, uh, it's, been an it's been quite an education for me. I've been nothing, been doing not much else but thinking about it for the last week or two. And um, I feel like if I don't, uh, if I don't see that, you know, the world's different than it was when I was a little kid. You know, what I always thought was funny as a little kid isn't necessarily the same as what's funny now. Things change and uh, the times change. So uh, it's important for me to figure it out. And I, I think the most important thing is that it's best for the other person. I thought about it and I figured, if it's not best for the other person, it doesn't matter what, how, what happens for me. And that's, that gave me a great deal of comfort and relaxation because you, your brain doesn't operate well when you're in, in the unknown, when you're thinking like, well, how could I be so, how could I misperceive? How could I be so inaccurate and so insensitive when you think you're being sensitive to some sensibility that you've had for a long time? So uh, we're talking about it. We're, I think we're going to make peace with it. I'm very optimistic about that. You know, I'm, I, you have to be. And, um, you know, I, I, I think it's a sad dog that, doesn't, that can't learn anymore. I really think that's a really sad puppy that can't learn anymore. I, I don't want to be that sad dog, and I, I, I have no intention of it. Um, I, what would make me the happiest would be to you know, put my boots on and, and for both of us to go back into work and, and, and be able to trust each other and, and work at the work that we've both spent a lot of time developing the, the, the skill of and, and, and hopefully do something that's good for more than just the two of us, but for a whole crew of people, a whole crew of movie makers. And, and uh, the movie studio as well. So you're, you're talking it through right now. You're talking it through with her. You're talking it through with the studio. What? Uh, well, not with the studio, just with her and, and oh. people that are helping her. So that's um, that's first things first. Yeah, that's, that's good to hear. Um, you said you were reflecting on some of the things that you heard today in the meeting, and I take it it's in relation to some of these things too? I, couldn't, I could not connect it. I could not connect it. I mean, I see these two brilliant fellas who are most proud in a way of their mistakes you know they get and it's always been that way in my life too that I've, you learn so much more from your mistakes than from your successes and they they say like oh everybody's doing the good things but the, the hard things and the wrong things are where you really learn something and uh, you know I was lucky to be with a bunch of other actors who were ahead of me in the pipeline sort of and I saw all the mistakes they made and that helped me a great deal and I know there's people that are behind me in the pipeline that are watching my mistakes going okay okay I'm gonna pick I'm not gonna forget that one um, this this idea of a, being able to trust people and and really trying to have a long life you know I think like 
you know, I feel like sometimes I feel like I've made a success of myself, but it, in the real moments, I realize I don't know anything. I really don't know anything, and that there's so much more. You know, life the life is full of so many moments and so much, so many emotions, and that you can't say, "Oh, that's mine. That's the one I'm going to go with all the way," because that just puts you in a box, and you can, and you're, and you're, you will make no further progress. I feel like I've learned more in the last year or two than I may have learned in maybe a, a whole decade of my life before. You know, I never because I wasn't maybe aware it was happening, but just more awareness makes more, it just compounds the interest, as these kids say. I mean, you sound like you're doing some serious soul searching about this, and just in life in general at this point. Uh, well, life in general, and this is kind of a fortunate misfortune where I get to go like, okay, how does this really, how does all of this, how is it, uh, I mean, I, I, I can't help but look over there and see there's like hundreds of people saying, what's that knucklehead saying up there? And the, the knucklehead's trying to figure out what to say. Um, I, I, I think that this misfortune and fortune is the kind of thing that I, I really want, the, the real um, person wants, and that uh, I, I have to treasure, I have to really value, and that to go hide out or to, uh, you know, armor myself up somehow is like the, not, the, not the right choice. All right, let's talk about why you're here to begin with. Um, you've known Warren for several years now, um, gotten to know him, and you've spent some time with him. I, I think you were a Berkshire Hathaway shareholder long before you met him. Yeah. How'd you get into it? Oh, it was just an accident. I, I, I happened to go to high school with a kid who's having his memorial service today. He passed away, a good friend of mine, Bobby Shriver. And he, his father was a stockbroker. He became a stockbroker. And all of a sudden, while I was over doing my business career, I said, well, what's, what's, what? you know, he retired. Bob Shriver retired. I said, retired? He's like 38 years old or something. How did he do that? Well, he retired because he took all of his money, all his father's money, all of his money, and he bought Ber Berkshire Hathaway stock like 40 years ago. And he just never did anything else but play golf and raise his kids and have a good life. So I, that, that stuck in my brain a long time ago. So. Somehow I made that connection, like maybe I should do that too. It's slow, but I got there eventually. You know. how, how long have you been a Berkshire Hathaway? I don't even know. I couldn't tell you. I don't know the answer. I, I'm, I'm, but it, it's Saturday. That's part of the reason. I'm not really good on the days. <laughs> you get me from Saturday, I can go back to the week, the month, the year. But uh, that's, that's going to take the rest of the morning. What do these guys um, convey to you? Just, I mean, they're here. And they're reiterating a lot of the stuff that they've been saying forever. I was talking to somebody um, last night who's owned the stock for a long time, and they said, what do you want to hear from them? And they said, well, you don't go to church hoping to hear about an 11th commandment. You kind of go for uh, a reiteration or an articulation yeah. reminder of things. I mean, what do you, what do you hear from them this morning? Well, that's time? well said. It's a remind me of what I'm supposed to be doing here. <laughs> and I've listened to Warren talk so many times, and I'm thinking, Great, I'm going to go home tomorrow and do exactly that. And it doesn't, it doesn't appear the next morning. It's not there because it's landing somewhere inside of you as a reminder. And I, I, I feel, and people say, oh, you know Warren Buffett? Are you getting rich? And I'm, no, you don't get rich knowing Warren Buffett. You don't get like this kind of rich. But you get some sort of, inner, you got some sort of wealth of like a reminder of what's right and, and, and what to do. And everyone says the same sort of thing, like you say, Mike. Like, it's not like they're saying anything that's uh, from outer space. It's not, it's not anything. That, they just got a new way of saying it. And the thing about Warren that I like so much is 
he talks so, he really does make me laugh. He makes me laugh, like my whole body laughs. I found myself just shaking in my chair for a long time after he'd said something this morning in the dark going, my God, if I don't stop shaking, this chair's gonna move, you know? <laughs> but it's, they give you that feeling that you, it's in you, you just gotta get the other stuff away from you. What's in you is right, it's in you, just get the other stuff out of the way. But I want to talk about um, some of the other things that are out there too. I mean, you made a new announcement recently about NFTs and just this idea of tying together NFTs with these Bill Murray moments, these Bill Murray stories that are all over the place because everybody's got a Bill Murray story. I don't know how many of them are true, but everybody has seen you or had an interaction with you or run into you somewhere. And now you're developing them as NFTs. How, this is something you're not just developing, you're taking part in this blockchain company and you've, you've got a partnership and ownership in that uh, too. Yeah, well, it, it wasn't really my idea. It was just the kind of thing like, that's, the, the, there's a wave coming, you're gonna dive into it or you're gonna try to ride it, get dragged <laughs> over the coral, you know? So I, my, a couple of my friends helped me saying, look, this is kind of an inevitability and you don't, I don't really, my life's been kind of fun. I've had a very interesting life and I've had a lot of moments and hope, hopefully many, many more. So uh, the, the idea of, of making these NFTs, and I don't really truly know what that stands for, but, uh, <laughs> I, I, but just so like little tokens, instead of having to be like a boring guy and telling your story all the time, get it done once and tell this story. And, and that it's sort of like a little memento, like it's, I, mean, I don't really have a fan club. I don't have a Twitter account. I don't have any. I'm not very popular that way. But just to, help, to tell kind of a story, that's just, I don't know, I guess it's just a little bit like finding, a, I have this picture of finding coins, old coins in a, in a house that's being torn down. That's kind of what it is. I feel like when my house is torn down, maybe there'll be some old coins of me to leave behind that someone might tell you. Just tell us one of those, just because I've, I've heard so many of these stories. Give us one story, a Bill Murray moment, that might be going on one of these NFTs. Uh, 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 I don't know. Well, my, one of my favorite times I ever had was I went to visit a, a great friend. I was very excited to take a long trip across country, and I had to fly to Oakland, California, which I'd never been to before. And um, I flew to Oakland, and uh, I had to go someplace up in Marin County or something like that. And uh, the cab driver picked me up and he started driving. I said, so what are you, he's kind of a young man, I said, well, what are you, what's your deal? And he said, well, I'm really a saxophonist. I said, really? No. Oh. Well, where's your sax? He said, what's well, in the trunk? I said, can I see it? You know, and he pulls over and he, we get out. You know, it's the middle of the night. It's a late flight. It's like 10, 11 o'clock. Here, you better have some of my coffee. You, you look like you've been awake oh, since good, like man. 2 in the morning. My I wish I may, had a good story behind how I look. I don't, my story may be boring, but you're falling asleep on me here. Come, Come on. on. So um, um, so he pulls over and I said, well, he, and I said, why don't you, why don't I drive? And I kind of know where I'm going. Why don't I drive and you play? So he gets in the back and he starts playing and I'm driving his taxi. You know, meanwhile, I'm saying, did you eat? Yeah, no, no, we haven't eaten yet. So. I said, you know what place? Well, we pull over at some like barbecue place in Oakland in like in the middle of the night, and this cat's blowing his horn, you know, and, and we're getting barbecue, and I'm eating barbecue and driving the taxi all the way up, and he played all the way and dropped me off, you know. And, uh, you know, I had greasy fingers, and you know, it was just a nice, much better way than sitting in the back trying to, you know, stay awake, fall asleep, stay awake, fall asleep, where you're from originally 
to have a saxophone accompaniment over the over the bridges and stuff. It was it was just a nice night. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and you know, NFTs, whatever you know, ultimately their value are going to be. It's actually an interesting way to apply it because it's this idea of like, well, there's this ephemeral thing that you can verify and memorialize somehow, mm. and somebody can hold it, like you said, whether it's going to be sell it or not or whatever it's going to be yeah. in the old days it was an autograph like hey look i met this guy right an autograph of selfie or whatever and it, and it's if it has something if it has, if it has value if it has value to someone else that's great if it doesn't have any value to anyone else that's going to be okay too sure and for me i'm going to be fine either way although part of the greatness is the mystery of not knowing which of these stories are true and which are not are you going to verify everyone or is this going to be picking well and they started asking me about a couple of them and i said well that's kind of the story but it's a little better than that or it's a little worse than that you know if i if i can make it better i make it better if it's kind of if it's, if it's completely like really mysterious i go well it's i kind of like the story as it is i'm not going to you know someone told that story I'm, that's their story um, I want to ask you just about what's happening in the entertainment industry right now. We watched Netflix shares collapse recently. <clears throat> they went from these extraordinarily high levels at like 700 bucks. They're all the way down under $200, maybe $190 or something. And there's now this talk that's going around, if you talk to some people in the content business, where they say, hey, maybe this golden era of being anybody being able to write a script and get money for it, it could have passed if you see the stock market valuations come down like that. Do you think the best days of content and being able to get paid for some of these things have just gone by the wayside given what the market's doing? Well, it's, it's a, it was a whole different market. You know, it used to be like you, know, you, were, you were a contract player for a studio and that's what you did. You did the movies, terrible movies, even if you, because they told you to. Then it was a time when you were the guy and you had to, uh, you had a great agent, he got you a big piece of the action, you got, you know, you were partners with the studio. Became less of that, and then people get there, were able to sell their own material like they were in this in this golden Netflix area, you call it like this. And it was amazing because you didn't know who the heck was. You know, we met some people. I met some people last night who didn't look like show business people at all, but they were among the most successful around because they just had good brains, good minds, and got in with someone that said, "Here's we can do this together." And they made great partnerships, and they made. Uh, the Walking Dead and Better Call Saul and these things and that are all over the world and gigantic. Now, what's going to happen? The stock valuation going down? These things? I don't. Know. I don't. I never chased like the stock value of any of them. I used to be able to know like if a movie studio was going to be have a stock rise according to who the guy was running it because if I knew him and he was a jerk, I knew they. I wasn't optimistic, you know. But like when Eisner and Katzenberg took over Disney, I said. Watch this, and they really made crazy money, you know. And, and so when people are good and they do that, and the guy who runs Netflix, he's a good guy too, you know. So he had a great success, and he's probably got several new cars. But now the stock price is gone. So there'll be something. What's going to come now? Um, you know, I think the the pandemic has has obviously compressed a whole lot of things into a short period of time too, and that that's going to change. And I think there's going to you know, the whole working from home thing is going to affect the way people make movies. I think it's good. They're, they're going to, people are going to start making movies with like, you know, coffee cup tops and, you know, you know, iPhones and, and it's, you know, who would have thought that it'd be a thing like TikTok, you know, 10 years ago. And I, I'm, I don't predict the future. Oh, I thought I had, I'm sorry. I was there for a second. <laughs> I, I'm like, slightly psychic, but well, it's Saturday. So yeah, right. Thank you. Great Thanks Karnak again. moment. Yeah. Yeah. 
Bill, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. And, um, you know, we've been friends for a long time. It's great to see you out here. Well, thank you. You know, and you're part of the reason I got here today because you're, you're organized. And I figured, well, Peggy's going to get there on a Saturday. I can probably get there. <laughs> and, Mike, I'm very proud of that. all the hours you're up in the middle of the night. I always look at you and go, that guy's been awake for hours. For weeks. I woke up too early, and that guy was awake then. <clears throat> I was nervous. You know, I hope you, you were coming. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you catch up and say on your sleep. Very nice to be Thanks with you. Thanks a lot. Next on Squawk Pod, Berkshire Hathaway Vice Chairman, 98-year-old Charlie Munger, had some harsh words for stock trading app Robinhood over the weekend, saying the company is now unraveling. They talked about how it's like a casino out there, that how there's people who are very willing to sell shares on an instant's notice that you don't have long-term investors like we used to have. We're back after this. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you. Like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx Ground is faster to more locations than UPS Ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. You're listening to Squawk Pod from CNBC. Good morning and welcome back to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. We are live at the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Andrew Ross Sorkin along with Joe Kernan. Becky Quick is reporting this morning live from Omaha, Nebraska, following what was quite a weekend uh, over the weekend, Berkshire Hathaway's annual meeting, uh, bringing it uh, to CNBC viewers live on CNBC.com for the first time. Charlie Munger had some harsh words for Robin Hood at the Berkshire meeting, and now Robin Hood is responding. First up, here's what Munger and Buffett said. Look what happened to Robin Hood from its peak to its trough. Wasn't that pretty obvious that something like that was going to happen? Tell me again what it should Robin Hood, when it came out and it went public and oh. it got alert to everybody and all the short-term gambling and big commissions and hidden kickbacks and so on and so on. It was disgusting. Yeah. And it said so last year and they got mad at you and they sold a bunch of their stock and they got the money and... Yeah, but now they're, it's unraveling. God, yeah. God is getting just. But a lot of the insiders have gotten, no, but they've gotten a lot of money from it. I mean, they were big sellers, as I remember. That may be, but yeah. there's, a, there's been some justice. Well, uh, I have to agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Robin Hood responding, sending CNBC this statement. It is tiresome witnessing Mr. Munger mischaracterize a platform and customer base he knows nothing about. No, Robinhood doesn't charge commissions and does not allow day trading or short selling. We never did. He should just say what he really means. Unless you look, think and act like him, you cannot and should not be an investor. We're happy to share our educational tools as it also seems he has lost on digital currencies. Um, 
Not sure about how wise it is for Robin Hood to be even responding to this, extending the story, having more to talk about with it, but I guess they love, they were kind of scrappy, and maybe given how they're down, maybe they want some of the attention on this. Um, but look, this is something Munger's been clear about for a long time. And, and again, they talked about how it's like a casino out there, that how there's people who are very willing to sell show, uh, shares on an no, in, instance notice that you don't have long-term investors like we used to have, at least that that has gotten a little out of control. They say it's always been a pendulum swing. And clearly they think it's gone too far in one direction. Charlie's made comments in the past about how he doesn't like the video gameization of, of trading to make people, uh, these algorithms that make, make them feel excited, like when Robin Hood was doing the yay fireworks when you made a trade type of stuff. Um, he's not a big fan of stuff like that. Hold on, they're saying that they don't have day trading going on on Robinhood? What? what? Right. What? what? They, uh, they, what they did don't, I miss the... Did I just miss the statement? What, what, what happened here? I don't know. We don't allow day trading or short selling. I don't know. We don't allow day trading? I don't or even know... Short selling? Well, short selling they don't technically allow, but there's ways to sort of do it through options and other things that they... If you actually go online and Google how to short effectively on Robinhood, it's, right. it's very possible to do it, just not in the sort of traditional short selling way. Having said that, the idea that they don't allow day trading, I don't even know what that means, but. They uh, are day trading, yeah. Right. It's, yeah. I, I like watching those two guys. I mean, uh, it, it, you know, the Muppet uh, kind of reminds me of those guys in the balcony a little bit uh, when, they're, when they're going, right. they don't, and they don't <laughs> care at all. <laughs> and um, it, God bless them, they're, they're so with it. and. and you know, they're late middle age um, at this point, which is, to, to <laughs> me... These guys? Like middle, middle age. Middle, 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 middle yeah, age. This, this is middle. But I feel, you know, I look and I say, well, I'm, I feel good about myself. I feel good about them, too, but I do feel relative, you know, with you around all the time, Mr. Youthful all the time, you know, sometimes... But I, I got to tell you, their yeah. brains are I know. operating at... The synapses which in their is brains amazing. are operating at a speed that make all of... I'm, I'll just speak for myself, that make my brain seem well, very, very slow, which I know. I know, for yourself. I know. Speak for yourself. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying, it that's is, cool. it is a cool. remarkable thing to behold that they're up there for six and a half, some and we odd, should seven study hours. that and try to figure how that works, because it's not always it the case. It is a very special thing, and I think anybody who's sitting in that audience was sort right. of just in, in awe of that unto itself, do they beyond, sleep? Do beyond they the sleep? comments themselves. Do they sleep, Becky? They get seven, uh, they don't get, like, what, what is the, the secret? Bacon? Uh, scotch? What are no, they I not think, do? I think they what are, are they... fueled by peanut brittle and, and, <laughs> diet, uh, and cherry coke. I mean, literally, if you watch Charlie Munger, he ate an entire, like, two-pound box of peanut, peanut brittle, brittle while he was and, sitting and there. And it's not doing diet this. coke either. And I, I, I tried to do some of that, and I, 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 like, crashed from the sugar high right after I ate some of I it. I went through two boxes, Becky. Um, um, unfortunately. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't... And, you brought yourself. And, but look, I will also tell Did, you, I think they were really excited to be there because this is the first time in three years that they were live, it is right. pretty invigorating when you've got tens of thousands of shareholders who are sitting there listening to them. And I think they had a good time yeah. with it. And that, that, that's though. honestly what, what gets them fired up. What's Munger? I mean, more is than 90? five hours. This was an all day event. And, and by the way, Charlie held a dinner the night before. I wasn't at it, but I heard from people that he was up till 1030 the night before, kind of holding court with these things. They start early in the morning. Buffett showed up backstage hours before they went on with this and was meeting with people all through it. There were all these CEOs who were there, like Jamie Dimon, who had come in, Tim Cook. Um, you know, and so they're meeting with all of these people as they're doing these things. He's got family here coming in from out of town. This is a big deal for them. They get they feed off the energy from that. They probably do. Right. Maybe they're tired now. Yeah. 
if you want to watch any or all of the 2022 Berkshire Hathaway Annual Shareholders Meeting, all the video is on cnbc.com slash Buffett. Or you can browse video clips of years of meetings at the Warren Buffett Archive. That's online at buffett.cnbc.com. Oh, and one more. Get an update on Warren Buffett and Berkshire Hathaway every week with the CNBC Buffett Watch newsletter. It has news, an update on Berkshire's top stock holdings, and exclusive video clips. And it's free. Sign up at buffettnewsletter.com. And that's the pod for today. Thanks for listening. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern. To get the smartest takes and analysis from our TV show right into your ears, follow Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts. And thanks to the whole team here in Omaha. I'm signing off from Nebraska, and we'll meet you right back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. 